Hello, everyone. Welcome to another episode of Stretch Takes. It's episode nine of season two, and I'm honored here to be with two very close friends of mine, Maggie Shipley and Liv Pakla, uh, from just great, knowledgeable play people in basketball and former athletes and current athletes around and just great people to talk to. So we're here to talk a little bit about some WNBA stuff, uh, the NBA bubble, and just some interesting stuff also what athletes should be doing during quarantine as well. So just get right into it. Um, as you guys know, I mean, you guys can speak more about this, but Elena Deladon's been in a bit of a feud with the NBA, sorry, WNBA, uh, regarding her Lyme's disease issue because it's, you know, compromises her immune system. And that's a big deal because she doesn't want to be in a bubble where there's a risk of COVID, especially in Florida. Um, just give me a little bit of your thoughts about that situation. And yeah, like, like what, why, I think the WNBA is wrong in the way they're treating her. And let me know what you guys think about that opinion. Um, yeah, I definitely agree that the WNBA is wrong to make that call and decision, especially considering Elena Del Don. She's the former MVP. Like, she represents the league really well. And I feel like that's kind of a statement that the WNBA is making by not supporting such an influential, influential player like her herself. Mm-hmm. For me, I think it just is selfish of the league because – I feel like they just want her to play because they know people will watch her. Like she's obviously really good. She's entertaining to watch. And so they're putting that above her health. And I just have a really hard time wrapping my mind around how, um, like for example, Tina Charles has asthma and they deemed her like medically ineligible or whatever, however they're saying it. Um, So she'll get paid to sit out, but Elena Deladon isn't deemed medically ineligible. And yet, it's the same thing. They're both immunocompromised. Um, so it just doesn't really make a lot of sense to me. Just to add on a little bit too, Elena Deladon sourced in an article in the Players' Tribune. Don't know if you guys read it. She mm-hmm. claims that she takes 64 pills a day. That's absurd. And I didn't realize it was that bad either. Because like, you know, people talk about Lyme's disease and they're like, okay, like some people are going to get over it or whatever. But, you know, it, it's affected her game a lot. And the fact that she won a WNBA championship last year while also having an injury of a knee too, like you have to also realize like the health of the players comes first. You see plenty of guys in the NBA now with the bubble. Adam Silver just does a better job with, you know, as a commissioner, because also I think the reason why the WNBA, the players are getting some pushback about it is because the WNBA does not make a lot of money from revenues. So they need the players to play in order to generate that, which is again, very selfish, but they make $25 million dollars from revenues while the NBA makes $7.4 billion. It's just, that's, again, a huge disparity, right? The average salary for a WNBA player is 116000 The average salary for an NBA player is $7.7 million. It, it, that also, I think, is attributing to it because the WNBA is trying to create a better image. However, I don't think that's going to boost morale around their sports because Atlanta Deladon is arguably the best player in the game, arguably. She, you know, she was last year. And not having her in. I mean, maybe you guys can speak on that too. Just like, do you think that's going to boost morale? Like, I, I mean, I just claimed I wouldn't, but do you think that the WNBA can still get people to, get, to back behind them without, uh, you know, being so fair to Elena Deladon? I'm not sure. I think it's a tricky situation. Um, but I feel like personally for me, if anyone who's read the article, did you read the article, Mike? I did. Like, I personally, like it, 
turned me against the WNBA as the league. Like, I'm definitely on Elena Deladon's side. And while I think it is a tricky situation, like you said, they're not making the revenue. So they kind of need those players to play more than the NBA does, I feel like, at least in my opinion. Um, But, like, if she's taking 64 pills just to play in normal situations, like, under completely normal circumstances, what makes it – what makes anyone think it's okay that she can play under such, like, severe circumstances? Still taking 64 pills, and she had back surgery that she's recovering from. Like, I just don't really understand the need to play basketball right now, if I'm being completely honest. But that's kind of a different direction. Um, I also think her not playing is not going to affect, like, the views or anything like that. Like, WNBA fans watch the WNBA for the players. Like, they have that, like, kind of intimate following because it's so small with the players. Like, if you've ever been to a game, you're sitting front row. Like, it's very – like, those loyal fans are going to watch it. And, like, there's other players. Like, yes, last season what the Mystics did, ODC, was, like, really amazing, obviously. But, like, there's all those amazing players, like Diana Taurasi or Sue Bird, that are going to keep those views coming yeah no again I, I agree with that I think it just the, the problem with the WNBA and I spoke about this on a past podcast that I did with teammates of yours it's just the problem with their with the fact that they can't market well enough to their fan base because of the money issues they have I reported on how like a lot of the teams aren't profitable because of the, the money issues they're having and again I, yeah I, I agree with you in, the, in that sense of that there is such an intimate relationship with the players that there might not be a huge view disparity or difference. The one thing I'll push back though on, it's just that if you don't have Elena Deladon or Tina Charles in the game, those are just like two iconic players for people who actually know the WNBA. Like, again, I'm not like as big a viewer as some other people, but those players, at least I know for a fact, because Elena Deladon was just incredible at Delaware. She's been incredible in the WNBA, um, you know, that kind of stuff. But Shifting to a different topic, you know, obviously you guys follow the NBA as well. So just the situations within the bubble. So interesting enough, like there's been a lot of interesting videos I've seen on YouTube, ESPN, all that kind of stuff. The bubble life isn't ideal, but do you guys still have a a lot of excitement for what the NBA could be like when it starts July 30th? Or do you think the, the bubble circumstance is making it more unwatchable? Um, personally, I'm excited for whatever they put out there. I mean, I have no expectations really, but I'm just excited to see some form of basketball and I'm a big NBA fan. So I'm looking forward to it. Yeah. I think it'll just be interesting to see how it all plays out because it's something that's never happened before, you know? So now that's how this is going to go. So it'll be interesting to see. Yeah, it's like history. I mean, I think if it's a terrible fail or something, like, it's still, like, we're watching it. It'll be interesting. And they're trying to do something that no other league is attempting to do. What do you guys think of the uh, anonymous snitch line that's been developed there? So have you guys read into that, the fact that you can just snitch on a player uh, for not following the rules? Tell me a little bit about what you guys think about that. (laughs) Would you be a type of player that would snitch on someone (laughs) in that situation anonymously? Um, I personally wouldn't, but, you know, you guys can go into what you guys Yeah, think. that's tough. I don't, I don't know. I don't know. I mean, it's, they're also, like, adults. It's it's kind of confusing. With It's not like 
they're college players where like they're not being paid or something so it's kind of that fun the snitching I don't know that's a that's a tough one mm-hmm. I agree yeah I mean it's also just a fact that like you know Dwight Howard got on the anonymous snitch line the other day and he's because he wasn't I didn't see that yeah oh, okay yeah no it's just like it, it, it's <laughs> my perspective it's like you should follow the rules but it's also if you're on campus and you're just not wearing a mask like you know it's like you're in a pretty safe situation in the bubble right the only thing that yeah. gets problematic is people leaving campus and coming back right because Florida's a hotbed and that's a little yeah. bit of a problem there um I guess that the last thing I wanted to touch upon within the uh, NBA is uh you know I guess who, what teams are you guys like, you know, rooting for? Oh, I, I guess Maggie's answer is pretty easy. DC, that makes sense. But what what are you guys looking, I guess, like which teams are you excited to watch? And, you know, who do you guys ultimately see as the, the front runners to win a championship this year? Oh, God, I don't know. You can't ask. You cannot put us on the spot like that. All right, what teams um, do you think should be favorites? Here we go. Easier question. Well, I actually just think, like, it's kind of really open, honestly. Like, it's really an interesting situation because everyone's, like, thrown out of their – like, you kind of get this fresh season, and it doesn't matter what you're going and seeded at. Like, anything can happen. We don't know, like, how the teams are training. Like, you know, who's maybe goofing off more in the bubble or whatever. Mm-hmm. And maybe, like, I don't – there's a, probably a lot of team chemistry. We'll see. It'll be really interesting. Yeah, I've been enjoying seeing the Instagrams and stuff from inside the bubble. They posted a couple, a couple yeah. here and there. It's no, been I'm- funny, like the Twitter threads being like, oh, like these girls are getting invited into the bubble, like coming and going. Like, <laughs> it's like, oh gosh, like what's really going on down there? Yeah, I mean, I, I think to answer to, you know, piggyback on that too, it's just, you know, it's an interesting just whole situation. You know, how are you going to keep everything contained? Because, uh, you know, the NBA guys have certain needs outside of just the bubble, you know, family-wise, um, you know, they maybe need to go out and see a girl. I don't know. But I, I think the interesting thing overall about it is just, yeah, the fact that it's open, right? It's like an AAU tournament for grown men. Exactly. So really it's about like a, the war of attrition in a sense. Like who's going to be – the best prepared and best health, most healthy at the end of the day too. Cause you might have a different NBA champion depending on who's healthy. And mm-hmm. also I think it gives, a, there's not as you know much of a fatigue factor cause you don't have to fly from, you know, a playoff game in let's say LA to a, you know, a playoff game. So like, you know, somewhere else in the Western conference, for example. Right. So that's a little different there. Um, another thing I just wanted to piggyback on and at least expand more on was, you guys have obviously the WNBA bubble is going to be held at IMG. And I want to just, you know, get your impressions. Like, you know, who, what teams are you guys excited about for there? And how do you feel about the bubble generally? Um, for teams, I have to say personally, like if the WNBA is on, I'm going to watch whoever's playing. Like I don't really follow. And there's not like a Boston team. I guess there's a Connecticut team, but like, um, so I don't really follow one team. I'm just excited to, like, actually see them play. Um, but from what I've seen, the conditions aren't great. So <laughs> it's a little upsetting for sure. Um, and just seeing, like, the disparity between the two bubbles. Granted, obviously, you have to take into account revenue and things like that. But it's a little bit frustrating for sure. Um, yeah, I'm, I'm, like, similar to Liv with, like, I'm a Mystics fan, I guess. But really, I'm, like, kind of – 
I watch the WNBA. I feel like my favorite college players mostly. So like I'm really excited to see what Sabrina Inescu from Oregon does. And then I like love watching all like the older players like Sue Bird who have been in the league and kind of like seeing like Sue Bird versus Sabrina or something like that where it's the old versus the young. I really enjoy. Yeah, just another thing I wanted to uh, point out too is the fact that I actually think the Storm are going to be very dangerous because Super returning. You have players yeah. as Brianna Stewart, who's a star in the league. But the reason I think they're going to be dangerous is just because Subert's leadership is going to make being in the bubble easier for her team, just because she knows how to deal with adversity better. Teams with like a younger group are, I think, going to struggle a little bit more. Like the Mystics are not going to be the same team because they don't have Tina Charles. Elena Deladon's up in the air, right? So if Elena yeah. Deladon plays. The Mystics are obviously, like, you know, you have to put them as a favorite, you know, because she's just so good. But, you know, I think the Phoenix Mercury could be interesting if Brittany Griner you know, has her head on straight because she's really talented because they have Skylar Diggins and yeah. Tarasi, who, as we all know, are incredible women's athletes and just great basketball players. Brittany Griner is great, but sometimes she's not always focused. and She's streaky, for sure. Yeah, Streaky. Like, sometimes, you know, the claims that she makes sometimes, like how she's going to be the NBA player, I'm like, well, let's get some consistency first, and then we'll Wait, see. Wait, who did she challenge again? I forget. She challenged DeMarcus Cousins. <laughs> yeah, that was funny. Yeah. But, um, yeah, I mean, I think the last thing that we can just, you know, move over to is um, what do you think, you know, athletes can be doing – besides, you know, trying to work out during this quarantine, like, you know, like what other interests, you know, have you guys picked up, if any, um, that you think that, you know, people can do during quarantine until um, there's a vaccine, obviously? Um, cooking's a big one and baking, naturally. Um, but I think, I mean, this is definitely um, controversial. So, Mike, I feel like you'd have an opinion on this, but I've definitely been taking this time and like slowing down, but I've been working out in different ways that aren't necessarily basketball oriented. Like I'm still like going to basketball workouts, like doing lifts every now and then, but like, like Maggie and I have been like running a lot over quarantine and stuff. And a lot of people have cause gyms haven't been open, but like, obviously like steady pace, long distance running isn't what you like should do for basketball training. But I feel like it's been really good for me to do a bunch of different things and kind of just like listening to my body and what I feel like doing that day, whether it's like a bike ride or something. And I think it's been really good because I also really enjoy my basketball workouts a lot more than maybe I was kind of like left at the end of the season, you know, like after playing it for so many months and like years, honestly, like just doing basketball workouts. So that's been good to like do other things, you know? Yeah, I totally agree. Like just kind of switching it up and not getting to I find when I get into like a routine of something of the same over and over I get so bored with like in quarantine that I have to switch it up I don't know I recently started playing golf which has been interesting <laughs> or like I've been playing tennis just kind of anything um but yeah I agree with Liv like long distance running isn't like what you would think of for some sports trainings but it's still keeping you in shape cardio wise yeah, I mean, I, I think another thing I've picked up is, like, I've gotten a, in big into, like, writing just generally. Um, mm -hmm. For me, it's just, like, a good idea to just, like, you know, use your imagination, I guess, in a sense, but also just keep your mind off of, you know, the tough times that are going on. Also, like, reading just interesting stories, too, not just, like, fiction, but, you know, motivational stuff, whatever that is. You know, obviously, I, like, I, I love cooking, too, so that's, like, a, a big thing for me. But um, I think we're going to wrap it up here. And guys, thank you so much. It was a pleasure. And uh, hope to see you guys soon. Thanks, Mike. Bye.